Surprise, Tables, Ladders, and Podcast followers. It's Walk, not Mike for once, doing the intro. This week, we're doing a recap of Fighter Fest, Great American Bash, Monday Night Raw. Also, we look ahead to Slammiversary, and who else knows what's in the week. We'll look at NXT. We'll look at Fight for the Fallen this week. It's going to be a great show. Lace up the boots. Let's get to it. For life. And if you're not down with that, then we've just got two words for you. This is Tables, Ladders, and Podcast. It is... Tuesday night. It is July 14th. July 14th. This is Mike. I am joined by one half of the greatest podcast in the world. His name is Walk. Walk, what's going on? Mike, I'm excited. We had a great week of wrestling coming up, and we have maybe the best week of wrestling all year starting tomorrow night. We're going to get into all of it. I can't wait. We do have a great Wednesday night coming up. We got Wednesday. We got Fight for the Fallen. We got a women's NXT championship match. We got Slammiversary, and we got Extreme Rules. And I guess we got a SmackDown to throw in there, too. So, yeah, it's a great wrestling show on this whole week. But before we get into it, make sure to follow us on Twitter, at TablesTLP. Subscribe. Like the podcast. We're on YouTube. We're on iTunes. We're on Spotify. Um, Google Play? I don't know if that's a thing. We're on all podcast platforms. You go find us. We're there. Make sure to share it with your friends, like it, do all that stuff. So let's let's get that out of the way. Let's we're done with that. Let's start the show. Walk. Do you want to do you want to lead us off? Mike, I'm, Mike, nothing would make me happier. We've gotten through the icky stuff. Mike, you get to be the one who shamelessly promotes us at every turn, and then I get to turn the ship right back around and be like, you know what? No, Mike, we're not shameless. We're gonna do what we came here to do, and that's talk about some damn wrestling. Let's talk. First about up on the docket, recapping NXT last week. Specifically, the man, the limitless, the magic maker, the moment maker, Keith Lee, becoming both the NXT North American champion and the NXT champion with his win over Adam Cole. And I I realized that, you know, all good things must come to an end. And I think Adam Cole's championship reign fits in that category because if it had been up to me, I still don't think anybody was still like ready to take the title off him. But it was as good a time as ever to do it, I think. And if you're going to pick a guy to do it, I think Keith Lee's the guy to do it. And it wasn't even in a bad match. I just kind of hated watching the match, knowing that Keith Lee was going to win, I think. And I think Adam Cole deserved a little bit better of a match. Like He had matches against, obviously, like Johnny Gargano that were just absolutely freaking insane. And I kind of wanted him to have like one of those matches, you know, when he loses the title. So... I feel what you're saying. It would have been pretty cool if we got a more of a build-up, more of a takeover type match, and we got even a bigger build-up with Adam. Because we only knew Keith Lee and Adam Cole were wrestling, what, two weeks out after um, Keith Lee won the yeah, triple threat nice. match. When he won the triple threat match. So we didn't really get a whole build to it. We knew like what was coming. We knew Adam Cole was going to defend. But we didn't really know if it was going to be Keith Lee, Finn Balor, or um, who was the other person? Johnny Gargano. Johnny Gargano. Yeah, we didn't know um, who it was going to be. 
Keith, it would have been better television if we got a bigger build. They put on a good match. Keith Lee, he's a superstar. He's he's the future of this business. We know that. He is phenomenal. He's great in every way. We bask in his glory at every turn. It was a it was an okay match for what it was. I didn't like that Adam Cole kind of felt the way they pictured the match. It just felt like Adam Cole was hitting all the big moves and Keith Lee was the underdog having to overcome. I didn't like that just because the size difference and it's just weird. So it's just strange. I, I think you, 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 that's exactly what you hit on. That's why I didn't really like kind of the, the, the dynamic of the match where I never once thought Keith Lee was the underdog in this match. Mm-hmm. Like I thought Adam Cole should have been painted as like the underdog to retain his title, honestly. It was very frustrating to me to have you know Adam Cole hit last shot, last shot, Panama Sunrise. Keith Lee kicks out. I'm like, oh my god, this match is going to go forever. This is awesome. And then Keith Lee hits one spirit bomb and pins Adam Cole. I'm like, what the fuck was that? Like, okay, I get it. I saw it coming, but like, what the fuck was that, man? Like, come on now. I get he's like supposed to be a huge dude and all this, and like he's supposed to be impossible to take down. And yeah, like one spirit bomb probably should put Adam Cole down, but you know, still, like if you're going to build it up to build, like. If you're going to give Adam Cole a 403-day championship reign, I mean, come on. I agree with what you're saying. They needed a they needed a longer build to this. They needed to really build it. Maybe if they built Adam Cole more as like I him as the favorite, like, you can't overcome me. I'm the champion. You've never been in this moment. This is my moment. You've never been here. I've defended this for 400 days. You've never had an NXT title shot. Maybe then I'd believe that he was the favorite. Going into it, I'm like, this is the powerhouse. I kind of believed it was like, it can go either way. But the way they built it is like, oh, Adam Cole's, he's the classic traditional heel. He's hitting all his big moves, and then Keith Lee's just going to hit the comeback, and he's going to hit his finishing move for the win. It was the classic John Cena, traditional John Cena 1-2-3, which, let's not make a habit out of it, but hey, good for Keith Lee. Keith Lee is the future of this business, and he's the future of the NXT. Let's transition, because I don't have much more to say about the match. I want to transition to the Undisputed Era and um, Adam Cole. It's interesting because now it doesn't seem like they have anything to work for, which is good. We just finished the Roderick Strong feud with Dexter Loomis, Adam Cole with Keith Lee, Bobby Fish. It's Bobby Fish, right? That's um, off TV with the movie? Uh, well, Kyle O'Reilly was. Kyle O'Reilly's off with the movie, and Bobby Fish is, we haven't, Bobby Fish is just doing not really on TV much. He's just been kind of like, yeah, going along with whatever Roderick Strong's been doing. Yeah, yeah, okay. So, um, they're all kind of like finished with storylines. Which I kind of like, because I think they need some time off. And they need to, because they were taking, you were saying this the other week on the podcast, you were saying, they're taking too many losses, they're losing too much, they're kind of looking less strong. I'm good taking them off TV for a month or two, letting them rebuild, come back, refocus, give them a vision or something. Or hey, SummerSlam's coming up. Give them a few weeks off. Go bring them up to the roster. Get their big matches on SummerSlam, their first debut match on SummerSlam. I'm good with the new Undisputed Era. Look, get something different for them. Because they've accomplished all they really could in um, NXT. Uh, I, I agree with you. I think they have accomplished all they could on NXT. I kind of feel like they work better on NXT, though. I kind of don't want them to become one of those you know, stables that did so well for so long in NXT and then gets called up to the main roster and gets criminally underutilized for the next, you know, however long. I mean, just exhibit A, look at what they did to the, you know, War Raiders and then now they're the Viking Raiders and they play basketball with the Street Profits who, I mean, take, take, 
take you know go back a year and look at the matches those two were having in NXT, and now look at what they're doing on the main roster. Um, that's my only concern. But I am all for the plan of taking them off TV for a little while, give them a month or two off, wait till things kind of settle down. You need an extra feud. Have them come back, reestablish their dominance. I guarantee you, everyone's gonna you know freak out when they come back and be like, "Oh shit, Undisputed Era is back!" Like troubles brewing, you know that kind of thing. Um, I think it'd be a great way to kind of put the reset button on them, get refocus their priorities on them, and make them you know make them look strong again. Yeah, I, I mean, definitely give them some time off. They've been killing NXT for, what, last three years? Two, three years? Oh, yeah. Oh, well before. When, when did they attack Drew McIntyre? I mean, ever since they debuted and attacked Drew McIntyre at the end of TakeOver Brooklyn. Yeah, I think that's three or four years. Three years. I'm going to say three. I'm going to keep it like, around three. I think it's like four years, yeah. But, yeah, they've been killing it. I mean, there's still there's still options they can explore on NXT. Is, they don't have three, to. That was 2017. They can explore Sorry. stuff on um, NXT still. They can even potentially think about a breakup of the Undisputed Era. I don't think they'll do that until they give them a main roster push, but they can push, try and do that, maybe give like Roderick Strong um, a feud with NXT title. There's still people to build up. And then taking them off TV, you're just building up more superstars to go over. We got Karrion Cross, who's going to come up, which we're about to talk to. Karrion Cross needs his time. We got Damian Priest, who's showing a lot of potential. Um, we need. There's other superstars out there that need the time on NXT, and right now, Undisputed Era, taking time off, I think that's just good for the business. Good for everybody involved. I agree. It was in 2017, you're right. So it's been three years. I got lucky with that guess. I just kind of estimated. It was TakeOver Brooklyn 3. All right. Drew McIntyre just won the NXT title from uh, Bobby Roode and then got uh, got attacked by Undisputed Era Okay. by Cole Fish and O'Reilly. If you could the original. I got one question before we move on. Um, out of everyone from Undisputed Era, who do you think could be an individual, cha- an NXT champion from the three, of the, from the other three? Um, I'm gonna go with the wild card here, Kyle O'Reilly. Okay. Okay. I think he has the best. He has some killer singles matches. He does really well, and you know, promos as well. He's a charismatic guy, just in the way he like moves in and out of the ring as well. And he's got, I mean, the dude just puts on great matches. I feel like he would be the one that I would, you know, be comfortable um, putting the title on. But that being said, I mean, to be honest with you, all three of them wouldn't be bad. All four? Oh, all, uh, all other three. All other three would not, yeah, all other three wouldn't be terrible champions. Yeah. Obviously, we already had, we just had one of them be the greatest NXT champion of all time, so. I kind of want to see Kyle O'Reilly, Kyle O'Reilly versus Roderick Strong in just like a singles feud now for the NXT title. Gargano and um, Ciampa-esque. I like it. All right, let's do um, Karrion Cross. I don't really... So we saw Karrion Cross. He's sitting up top with Scarlett at the end of the match. He saw Keith Lee win the title. He sits there. He applauds. But he's just watching. He's planning it out. What do you think the next move is for Karrion Cross? What did you take away from that segment? What do you got to say about it? This is a tough one. I think he's probably just waiting. I think he's waiting his turn, to be honest with you. I um, I think he's going to, you know, I don't think he immediately challenges Keith Lee because I think at that point um, it's, it's too early for Keith Lee to lose his NXT uh, or North American title. Um, yeah. I don't really... I think he, he might be able to like lose one of them if he ends up having to like defend two of them in one night or something like that. Um, and they let him, you know, for some stipulation, he chooses to, you know, 
defend the NXT title first, defends it successfully, then loses the North American title to Carrying Cross or something along those lines. Um, I don't know. To be honest with you, I feel like Carrying Cross has. Um, I think he's got some time still where he's going to sit around and kind of putter around, uh, you know, just having fantastic matches with people. He might need. I think they might be doing something with him and uh, Tommaso Ciampa's feud going forward. You saw Tommaso put uh, a post on Instagram basically that said, you know, he was he's been building narratives in his head for quite a while that didn't necessarily exist in just an effort to fuel himself to get better. And he basically just said it's time to rewrite a narrative. So I'm not sure if that's you know what that exactly means for him going forward. But I wouldn't hate to have them. Um, Engage in like a good feud where Champa actually pushes Cross to the limit, but Cross still kind of comes out on top, sort of thing. So yeah, you were mentioning um, Champa, um, going Champa and Cross continuing their feud. Possibly, I'm thinking Gargano and Keith Lee can potentially continue their feud. We could see uh, maybe. Um, Ch- I mean, obviously Johnny wants that NXT title, and then um, Candice LeRae wants that women's title. Maybe we see something there still. I think that's very possible, and you don't want to take the title off of Keith Lee just yet. The NXT, um, the North American title, I'm sure he'd probably lose that pretty soon because you don't see ta- um, double champs work that long. It's usually a pretty quick thing traditionally, but they could do something different. Um, I mean, there's definitely time to get. I don't know who the next um, North American champion would be. That's something I kind of find hard to. They don't have that mid card. I think that's strong right now. I think the top is heavy. The mid card, I'm not real sold on right now. I, mean, I think they've got some good mid carders. They've got Dijakovic, who I think could be a good potential candidate. Well, they've already had that feud, though. They've already had the feud, but just have him come up with it some way. You know, have Keith Lee vacate the North American title because he doesn't want to lose it. Like he doesn't want to have. You know, I, he just says, "I don't want to defend two titles." I like them, um, him vacating it, and then we have a big tournament. That'd be interesting. That's what I was going to say, and then have a tournament where Dijakovic comes out on top. I'd be interested in that. I think, um, actually, Dijakovic's going at, uh, uh, to the main roster. I heard rumors recently, I think he might be going to the main roster. I heard Vince well, really likes him. Go- we thought he was going a while back, and he never ended up showing up. Yeah, we haven't had that. WWE's been pulling a lot of swerves. I'm going to talk about this more on, when we talk about Raw, but they've been pulling a lot of swerves with these like um, rumor stuff. The Shayna Baszler stuff. The um, there was someone else. The Shayna Baszler. They're talking about. Oh, she's on main event. Oh, it's Kari Sane. It's like, oh, she's done. She's retiring. She's going to be an ambassador or something. And then she showed up last week. But yeah, they've been pulling some um, little rumors. I think they're trying to flush out um, some rumors leakers in the company. Hmm. But anyway, anything else you want to say about that main event? That was an awesome main event, though. That was. It was a good. Phenomenal. It was a good main event. I liked it. I mean, it wasn't terrible. Like we said, it was a good match. It was a really good match. For Wednesday night, NXT, just USA TV. That's free TV. Great, the, good free TV That's match. the best, that's like the best main event you're going to get. Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll argue with you in that one, but we'll, we'll, we'll argue offline about that. No, I want to argue right here. What do you think's better than that? What are we've you going to do better? Much better? We've gotten much better. Quality of matches, yes. Quality of matches, but that match itself... You're not you're not getting a, a double champ on free TV like that. Oh, okay. The significance. You're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. Okay. Okay. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I guess mankind. You got to go back um 21 years. Mankind versus um versus the Rock. Oh God. We both had the confetti in the celebration, but whatever. Yeah. I was about to say. All right. Um, this is Wednesday right. Night Wars. We're talking. Let's move on. 
Orange Cassidy. Orange Cassidy, Le Champion. Let me start here. It was a good match. It I liked how they how Orange Cassidy looked like dangerous for once. They did the character different. They said, "Hey, there's a second gear to Orange Cassidy. He's not just a gimmick. He can wrestle too. He can go." But I thought there was something missing in this match. I don't know what it was, but I think something was missing. Uh, I don't know what it was. It just was weird to me. I was watching the match. I'm like, oh, Jericho and Orange Cassidy are going. They just hit that second gear so quick. I don't know. I just didn't like the match. It was a good match. I just didn't like it. I don't really know how to explain it either. I'm kind of with you. It just felt like slightly off. And I mean, it wasn't like they weren't, you know, working hard. I think they both worked hard to put each other, put each other over, you know, very well. And I mean, Orange Cassidy, again, like you said, kind of showed that other side of him. I would say, hey, I'm not just a gimmick wrestler. Like I can actually kind of go in the ring a little bit. So I think that was pretty fun. Um, I don't know. I, I agree with you. I don't really want to like spend too, too I got, much time well, on it. I know what it is that I didn't like. It was like the feud building up to it. It was so heated. I didn't feel that hatred in the ring. That's the thing I think I disliked about it. I, it felt like a good match and like a physical match, but I didn't necessarily like feel like, oh, they hate each other. They're like trying to kill each other. I didn't feel that. I think that's the problem I had with it. Now that you're kind of talking about it, like I feel like the whole feud leading up to it was, you know, Orange Cassidy just being kind of like nonchalant about most of the things, save for that one, you know, where he like basically just dropped Jericho on his head in the bleachers. Yeah, the Superman um, punch and stuff, yeah. But for the most part, like Orange Cassidy was kind of just like nonchalant about it, and Jericho would like freak out, taking it as like disrespect the whole way. I kind of felt like that was the essence of the feud, and they didn't really capture that in the match. Yeah, I don't know. I thought there was a lot more they could have worked with. I don't know if Sammy Guevara going off TV had a play on it. I don't know what it was. Uh, but I thought... um. Um, um, Santana and Ortiz played a good job in the match too. I liked them hitting with the little sock, the sock soap, the sock soap. I don't know what they call that, but in the back, I thought that was a good little part of it. I thought the match was good. It just felt like the the storyline was off. I don't know. We had this build up. He was getting hit with the orange sacks. I don't know. It was all off. I just didn't. I'm disappointed. And Orange Cassidy should have went over. There's no reason Orange Cassidy shouldn't went over. That's ridiculous. Yeah, I, I don't know. They, they might have plans for him and or Jericho. I'm not really sure. We'll Jericho's see. already a Time proven to... star. You could. I really thought they were going to make Orange Cassidy like a huge star. I'm disappointed. I was disappointed with that one. Really upset with that one. I was so happy with Orange Cassidy the way everything was going. Still, he had a great match. He showed we had. Yeah. Uh, let's move to the eight man tag match. Let's talk about the best match of the freaking night. Right? Early match of the year, or I guess, we're not, I mean, it's not early anymore, it's July. Match of the year contender. I can't even think of all the match of the year contenders, but yeah, it's up there. It is definitely up there. That was a phenomenal match. We had the Lucha Brothers with, um, who are the Lucha Brothers? It was Blade and um, Butcher and Blade. Blade yeah. And then we had FTR with the Young Bucks. And my God, Ray Phoenix, I forget how amazing he is on a constant basis. Okay. Ray Phoenix, he can just do everything and anything possible. His Canadian Destroyer onto eight people. I was stunned. I was shocked. Pentagon, he has the he knows exactly what to do in the ring. He they just understand tag team wrestling. They get it. And it was just everything I wanted in a tag match. 
They played it with the eight-man tag match just perfectly. Everyone in the ring could go. They, it's so hard to do an eight-man tag match, and they all found their moments and their rhythm, and it was just something special. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't really have much else to say. It was a phenomenal match. Um, Pentagon and Phoenix went over. I remember that. But other than that, I really don't have much to say about it. It was just like a phenomenal match that it doesn't like take away from anybody. It didn't do anything for anybody except for the Lucha Brothers. I thought the only thing it did was like elevate the Lucha Brothers. Yeah, I I mean, it was obviously fantastic. Ray Phoenix, just the only thing you can say is, holy shit. I mean, the dude is ungodly talented. That I know you already mentioned it, but that Canadian destroyer into everybody on the outside of the ring was just one of those. It was one of those things that makes me like stand up in my seat and go, "Holy shit!" Like kind of pop from my own, the own yeah. you know, comfort of my house. Um, it makes me excited for FTR and Lucha Bros. I feel like their styles, you know, on paper don't mix very well, but I feel like they're gonna have ridiculous fucking chemistry in the ring. They're gonna because they both know tag team wrestling so well, and they just get it. And this is one of those matches that you just know it's gonna work perfectly. We've seen um, Lucha Brothers versus uh, who? Would we see. We've seen so many Lucha Brothers matches. I can't remember. We've seen the Young Bucks versus Lucha Brothers, right? Oh yeah, multiple times. I'm trying to think of the ones we saw recently, like a year ago. I, mean, I don't know. So I don't know. Back when back when they were all at Impact. We got Lucha Bros versus LAX multiple times. Yeah, and one of the that best one was tag awesome. I've ever seen. Those are always awesome. They always put on phenomenal matches. I can't even remember all the feuds they have. They kill it every time and time and time and again. But yeah, I'm excited. FTR, Lucha Brothers, it's going to be exciting. I don't have much else to add to that. We're not probably won't talk about that much more. But damn, that's going to be awesome on Wednesday. Fight for the Fallen is going to be exciting. We're going to talk about Fight for the Fallen. I'm so excited for that show. Yeah, it should be pretty good. All right. Oh, the street fight. Mia Yim. Mia Timms. Mia Timms. I can't believe she came out in her Timms and wrestled. And you know what the worst part about this was? She scratched the Timms. She ruined the Timms. She scratched the Timms. Number one, Mia Yim shall henceforth be known as Mia Timms. That's a new thing. We uh, trademarked and copyrighted it, so don't even try and use it. I laughed my ass off. But I saw Mia Yim come out and attack Candice LeRae from behind to start the match. And she was wearing Tim's. I was laughing so fucking hard. I remember, I can't remember who it was, but I remember someone a couple of years ago came out and started wrestling in Tim's too. And I remember I called you. We weren't at the same place together. I called you and I was like, you know, this person's wrestling in Tim's right now. And it's just the funniest thing in the world to me. They're like the clankiest boots that you would never want to, like, actually wrestle in. So I have no idea why she would, like, insist on me. Like, yeah, I'm going to wrestle in my Tim's. I'd be like, as Candice LeRae, I'd be like, why? Like, I know it's pretty funny, but, like, why? She like, that's not going to help things. you move. Like, what the fuck? You know the weird thing is? She's not from, like, New York. I try to look it up. Like, oh, is she from New York? She's from California. Valley. Yeah, I don't understand it at all. I love it. I don't get it. I mean, Fantastic. They actually put on a pretty good match, too. I enjoyed I mean, it a lot. Yeah, it was awesome. It was, it was a great start to the night, honestly. I mean... It set the pace for what was going to be an amazing night anyway. But yeah, it was a really good match. It, it did set the tone really well. That spinning neckbreaker off of the table onto the huge pile of chairs made me fear for my own safety, and I wasn't even involved in the spot. I didn't even understand how they could balance on that table from the top rope. 
I have no idea. I was like, you're going to fall. One of them was going to fall. I still don't understand. One of them was going to fall. I was so nervous one of them was going to fall. I wanted to say something about the Tims. I remember, um, I think it was either Shad, rest in peace, or JTG that used to wrestle in Tims back in like 2006 for crime uh, time. But I don't think that's who you're, I know that's not who you're talking about. I don't know who you were talking about. Is that what I'm talking about? But I think they both did like wrestle in Tims at one point, yeah. Okay. Um, I really enjoyed the Candice LeRae Mia Yim feud. I really want them to be going for the NXT Women's title soon. Um, with that, I don't know where you want to go from there. Do you want to talk about the NXT Women's Championship next week? No, let's, let's save it until we get to the previews. Okay, okay. Let's move on then. Let's move on. Uh, so, Mike, what do you think about uh, Brian Cage becoming oh, a new champion? Brian Cage is finally a champion. FTW champion. It's about time. It's about time. I did like this promo more this week from Taz. Well, no, I liked Taz's promo last week, but I liked that the emphasis was more on Brian Cage this week. And it was yeah. more of like Taz putting the t- belt on Brian Cage. It's been hard. This feud's been hard to build up. And they needed something like the FTW Championship to keep it like going. Hey, they knew they missed the, the championship match, the COVID stuff. Um, Moxley had a quarantine with Renee Young. So it's good that we got like something interesting, and it was cool to go in the past, see the FTW title, the orange and black, Taz with his badass self, and then he's like posting all the like the old school Twitter pictures with that goatee, him with the towel. Oh man, the it made me pumped. The old, I actually was so excited. I wanted them to like show pictures of Taz with the old title after it was done, but I'm so glad he put them up like so where we could see them. It made my heart race a little bit. I'm not gonna lie, it got me all excited all over again. Dude, it, it was so fucking cool. Oh, and then he missed the Taz mission. I hope Brian Cage just uses the Taz mission. I really hope oh, we see that. Oh, dude, what if he uses it on Mox and that's how he wins the world does title? Mox, does Mox? Oh, that'd be amazing. Does Mox use a sleeper hold, kind of? Uh, he beat. Really. He beat. Did he beat um, Hager with that sleeper hold? And that? So. No, he he took the de- dirty deeds in that little table spot. I don't know. I thought I saw a sleeper hold in that match at one point. I think there's, I think there's something there, but whatever, whatever. I'm now I'm confused. I got, I got off track. Anyway, I am super excited for this match. I'm gonna get more into it late when we talk about the preview. But I did like them putting the title on Brian Cage. Um, I mean Brian Cage is a fucking animal. I love Brian yeah. Cage. It was a cool passing of the torch too, from like you know one past like fucking just animalistic you know beast of a wrestler Taz to. You know, the next generations when Brian Cage. I kind of liked it, honestly. I watched a Tajiri. Guys who were always, you know, like, ind- you know, independent guys, you know. Yeah. I watched Tajiri versus Taz today on ECW. It was awesome. I was trying to see the real of the old Taz. And I was like, I, something in Tajiri popped up on my feed. I'm like, I got to see Tajiri. Searched YouTube and I found it. I was pumped. It, was, it wasn't even that good of a match, but it was cool. Old ECW stuff. The camera footage sucked. I could barely see what was going on, but it was fun. Those old matches are the best. They always are. All right, what's next? Oh, Britt Baker. <laughs> Britt Baker, Dr. once again. Once again, Dr. Britt Baker, star of the show. She broke her nose. What is it with Doc, What is it with Big Soul? She, there needs to be something done. She had a restraining order. Not a restraining order. She wasn't even supposed to be on TV. She wasn't supposed to be in the house. She was supposed to be gone. Go home. No, no, no. She ruined, she broke Britt, Na- Britt Baker's nose. What is her problem, dude? What is her problem? All I'm saying is that Tony Khan better get a hold on his employees, or uh, uh, he's gonna, he's about to have a full scale riot on his hands. Is what I know. Uh, all I know is the doctor Britt Baker, the role model, 
will not stand for this kind of uh, unlawful behavior from the, the notorious Big Swole dressing up as a security guard to get back in the building just so she could break Dr. Britt Baker's nose again. I'm furious, fuming, if you will. Shouldn't be allowed. I can't wait to personally write my congressman, who will then in turn write Tony Khan to make sure that this wrong gets righted. Who, the mayor? That's all I have to say on the matter. No further comments, Your Honor. The mayor of Knox, um, Knox County? Mayor Glenn Jacobs? Who also has COVID? Does he really? I didn't know that. But um, I just came up he with... Does. He's just like sick with like the flu or some shit like that. I don't know. I just came up with a funny thing. This has nothing to do with anything. But I kind of want to see Tony Khan not necessarily go full Vince McMahon, but I want to see him just have like a giant duffel bag full of money and he gives it to like some heel. Like, hey, take this person out. I want to just see something like that. I want to see him just be like, I'm spending big bucks on you, big guy. Now this is your chance. Oh, to take out Cody. Oh, that's what I want to see. That'd be kind of cool. The cons versus the roads. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah, I'm into it. Now I'm into it. I'm sold. I'm sold. The cons versus the nightmare family. I love it. I do want to see Tony Khan on TV because I like I like Tony Khan. He seems like he has a personality. I think he'd fit well, and he obviously loves the business. I don't want him to be like an authority figure. I just want him to be like himself. I kind of want. I love the authority figure thing. I, I, I like, like to see it. Authority figures too, but like Cody already said, he doesn't want like authority figures on TV. Cody's becoming the authority figure. That's just a, it's just a he's. He's working you, brother. He's working you, brother. He's going to be the authority figure. Yes, I guess he is. Yeah, he's playing me for a fool. All right. What, what do we got next, Bobo? Uh, let's go to Raw. Let's, let's go to Monday Night Raw. I really liked Monday Night Raw, actually. For like the first... No, no, no. Almost every segment I really liked. Don't remember... Oh, I remember how it started. It was Dolph Ziggler and Drew McIntyre. Don't care about that. I want to talk about two returns. I want to talk about... Your favorite wrestler to ever live, to ever grace the earth. The EST of WWE. So with that, you're up. You're up. You're you're wagging your your fake braid, your dreadlock thing. I don't know what it's called. You're wagging it though. It's a it's a um it's a weave, Mike. All right. So get it's not a weave. It's definitely not a weave. It's a weave. It's not Uh, a weave. Listen. The EST had time this week, all right? And uh, she just decided to help her good friend, uh, Ruby Riot, take care of a few problems. And if let me tell you this. I love the Iconics as much as the next man. Nay, I like the Iconics more than the next man. But if it comes down between the EST and the Iconics... No, don't say we it. We all know what I'm going to say. Don't say it. We all it. know where I'm going. Oh my God! Peyton's gonna kill. Ten times out of ten, eleven on Sunday. I'll oh choose him an eleventh time. You're not even asking for him. I'll just say it. I'm picking him again. I can't believe you just yes, said that. He is the most underutilized wrestler on WWE's roster. That's currently. that's fair. That's fair. That's fair. That's a good point. Yes, the highest ceiling with like the least amount of usage. You give her. You just give her a damn chance to shine, and my. God, what is she gonna do? You never know. She's a freak. She's a specimen. She knows. She just moves so well in the ring. Her promos phenomenal. Let's talk about the fact that she makes her own gear and it's amazing all the time. Her mantra is fantastic. Her gimmick is really cool, and she can back it up because she's that damn athletic. I mean, okay, she's that good in the ring too. I mean, okay, we get it. We get it. You like Bianca Belair? She is amazing. I want to ask you, though, this. 
What do you think about the pairing with her and Ruby Riot? Uh, it's unique. I'm not sure that it's going to last. I kind of want to see a match between the two of them, to be honest with you. We need to build Ruby Riot up first. She's been. She hasn't been getting any love recently. I I agree. I agree. I agree. But I mean, I'm just saying, like you know, peak Ruby Riot and peak Bianca Belair. Like that's a match I would love to see. I was more wanting to talk about the tag team as an um, individual because I do think um, the women's tag team division they need new tag teams, and I think they need a new tag team holder. And the Iconics versus Ruby and Bianca that can lead to a rivalry going in the future. I'm just not sure if I'm sold on Bianca and Ruby yet. Well, them as a tag team, I'm definitely not sold on. I mean, if it comes between those two in the Iconics as a tag team, like holding the titles, I'm going to pick the Iconics 10 times out of 10 for that one as well. I mean, I think the Iconics are a better team and would do more justice to the titles. But, I mean, I don't know. I don't really know if I like the, the pairing of them together as like a tag team. I mean, I liked it for like a one-off kind of thing and maybe like as a feud down somewhere down the line in the future, but I'm not sure if I like it for, uh, you know. I like it together as in they're both very, very talented, and I want them titles on them knowing that they're, there's a few, there's somewhere, they're going up. They're going up and they're getting their future time and they're building up the division because I know they can build the division and I know what they have in store. I want them on TV every week. And the Iconics, we already know what the Iconics can do. They're already stars. They don't necessarily, they don't need the titles. They're already. Yeah, I mean, they, they don't, but I mean. But I we need, we need. I think they, they, they could do really good, like some good with them. Yeah. We need, I think we need Bianca and Ruby Wright to win those titles. And I think that's, I hope that's the plan. I really hope that's the plan because they need to build up that tag division. Because right now it's just main eventers in the women's division pairing up that are friends taking the titles and the Iconics. Which isn't necessarily a bad thing, but that's what it is. I mean, yeah. It's not yeah, It's not two separate divisions, which it should kind of be. It doesn't have to be, but it should be. I guess. I'm not, I'm not really sure. To be it helps build up more stars having a separate tag division, at least. That's a fair point. Yeah, I mean, Shawn Michaels did it pretty well with Marty Jannetty, you know. Up until Jannetty just decided to throw himself through that barbershop window, the coward. That was his fault. I mean, Sean was never going to get himself over and left Marty who didn't try and run out the window. Sean just took the best the advantage of a bad situation. Alrighty. Um, I mean, that was a fun match, though. I actually did like the time they put on with that match. The Iconics and Bianca and Ruby. They all... Do they kill... Every week, the Iconics killed the amount of time they put in the ma- They have on TV. And Bianca, she also did it. They nailed it. They understand the business so well. I love them. Anyway, let's talk about another tag team division. Another Monday Night Raw tag team division that has now three tag teams that are excellent wrestlers. And I really, really hope that Angel and Andrade can bring some credibility to this division. Because right now I'm so tired of seeing the Viking Raiders and the Street Profits just dance along and do this bullshit every week. Just having comedy gimmicks when we know they can put on a show. But there's no one else besides the Street Profits and the Viking Raiders. So why not? Let's do. Let's do it. Let's do Andre and um, Andrade and Angel. Yeah, no, I'm I'm definitely with you. Like, I mean, I think this has been a well noted grievance of mine that I'm not a fan of the utilization of the Street Profits and the Viking Raiders over the past couple weeks, nay months. Um, you know, having them participate in foolish little, you know, side games instead of just letting them wrestle each other in the ring. Uh, 
was fine maybe like once or twice, but then you just kept it going on and on, dragged on for way too long. And I mean, at some point, we just want to see them. We know what they can do, so just let them in, let them in the ring and just let them go, man. So I mean, it's frustrating. Um, but I, I do agree. I think the the introduction of Andrade and Angel Garza is gonna. Um, refocus the division a little bit, refocus the writers, and just refocus creative and kind of help push it in the right direction, so to speak. Yeah, at least they're having serious matches. Um, it sucks that the Viking Raiders are t- taking so many losses, but, I mean, you can't have eight... Well, neither of these teams should be taking losses. They're so talented. I don't think Angel and Andrade can be taking losses because I think they're the future. They're really being looked at as the future of this company. So it's tough. It, it is really hard. Um, I'm not sure that there's really a right answer to it. I mean, you could have... If they put on good enough matches, there might be a case where a triple threat feud between all of them, just ra- like a rising tide raises all boats, so to speak, and they all just kind of you know come out looking <laughs> that much better for it. I'd be interested in a triple threat tag match at SummerSlam and like some sort of crazy gimmick match. Between those three? That'd be TLC awesome. again. They could put on a fucking hell of a show. Damn, a TLC match between those three? Oh, that'd be sick. Yeah, wouldn't it? All right. Oh, my gosh. Have everyone hail it as, like, the, the new, like, Hardy's Edge and Christian versus Dudley's. I mean, it could be. It could definitely be there. They definitely have the talent to do it. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Anyway, I mean, oh, that would really... That would, that would like, jump the fucking tag division right back up, too. It would really... Jumpstart it. Okay. Yeah, it'd be, it'd be a nice spark of life. For they sure. need that spark. That ta- all the tag divisions kind of stink. Who's the SmackDown tag division, James? Still the New Day, right? Is it? Yeah, it is. It is. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Is it? Yeah, it is. I think so. I don't even remember who last match. I don't know. All this tag divisions need new life. The Usos yeah, haven't been on TV for a while. Usos haven't been on TV for a while. We had um, that one tag team on SmackDown lose credibility in a month. Just get written off TV. Um, all right. I don't have anything else. Um, Monday Night Raw. Is there anything else you want to talk about? Um, women's tag match, yeah. All right. Yeah, we did see a hell of a show. The Kabuki Warriors versus... Or what are they going? The Golden? The Golden? The Golden Role Models, The yeah. Golden Role Models. I don't really like that tag name, but Bailey and Sasha. I don't, I don't really either, but I feel like it's, you know... Bailey and Sa- they're the main. They're the MVPs of WWE right now. So, I mean... They can go wherever they want. They can go wherever they want. Yeah, a lot of consoles, whatever the fuck they want. They're carrying the damn program with their back. I mean, they're the reason I'm tuning into Extreme Rules on Sunday. But anyway, they put on a hell of a match. It was awesome. Hell of a match. Don't have much else to say. Uh, I think Kyrie Sane looked really good coming back. I think she kind of reminded a lot of people how much she can oh, go yeah. during this match. I mean, she, you know, sold her ass off left and right and made. Sasha and Bailey look really good. Asuka just looked like her usual, you know, insanely awesome self all over the place. Insane. <laughs> insane, yeah. Good one there, guy. Uh, yeah, I mean, it was really just a good match. The flow of it was really, really good. Um, I mean, just, it, it, it never really, like, it let spots breathe appropriately, but never really, like, left you bored or anything like that. It just hit all, like, the checks for, like, a, just a really, really solid TV match. Excellent main event. Um, don't have anything else. We didn't talk about Shayna Baszler. Do you want to talk about Shayna Baszler? 
Uh, I mean, nothing other than she comes back and she looks like the badass she's supposed to. I was so pumped to see Shayna Baszler back on my TV. I can't wait for her to destroy. I, I'm interested to see if she's going to be back at Extreme Rules to call something funky. We'll see. I'm excited to have Shayna Baszler back on my TV. I loved her NXT run. She's she's just a badass in itself. I'm excited for her back on TV. All right. Let's just jump into it. Let's do it. Fight for the Fallen, NXT, Wednesday Night Wars. A little preview action. I mean, I wasn't expecting this week to be anything. We had um, Moxley. He came down with the coronavirus. Or he didn't have coronavirus, but his wife did. And they had a quarantine. So now here we are. AEW, Tony Khan, the genius that he is, said, You know what? Let's just make this pay-per-view three weeks long. And I love everything about it. So now we get three weeks of awesome television. And so here we are talking about it. Walk, what do you want to start with? I mean, shit, Mike. We'll just start with the... Let's start with Sonny Kiss and Cody. I feel like there's a good amount to talk about there. We can double back to Mox Cage and then go over to uh, head on over to the NXT side of the pond. I agree. I like where your head's at. Good, good job. I like where your head's at. Thanks, Mike. I appreciate that. Sonny Kiss, Cody Rose, TNT title. What is this? The sixth time Cody Rose has defended this title already? Uh, it's something ungodly. I haven't been keeping track, but I'm sure one of you uh, fine listeners at home could probably uh, mm-hmm. give us the exact number on it. For the fans at home, I, I know this. This is the longest reigning TNT title reign of all time. I know that. I do know this. Mike, are we ready to call Cody the greatest TNT champion of all time? I mean, yeah, I think we are. I, I'm I, I'm willing I, to I go out on a limb. His reign is unparalleled. I mean, I'm ready no to one's ever on done this before. I'm ready to go out on a limb and say Cody is the greatest TNT champ. Anyway, we got Sonny Kiss versus Cody Rhodes. And my God, am I pumped for this match. First off, this is my take. I got a take. So there's been people on the internet. The internet's not a good place. Bad place sometimes. And I'm tired of these little fuckers. These little homophobic, piece of shit people. Oh, you guys can, you guys can suck my ass. People that are all like, oh, Sonny Kiss shouldn't be on TV. It's a bad look. Hell no. Have you seen Sonny Kiss wrestle? He can... Go. He can goddamn go. He is the most exciting. He is so damn exciting. Him and Joey Janela put on a show every week they're on television. And the fact that everyone, all these homophobic little fuckers are giving Sonny Kiss um, more publicity, it's raising the ratings. It's giving Sonny Kiss and Cody Rhodes a new feeling. And I'm so excited for this match. This is the most excited I've been for... No, Lance Archer and Cody Rhodes I was more excited for. It had a bigger build, and it was a big-time match. But I'm pumped for this match and so pumped for Sonny Kiss to be featured on a big-time card on a- um, in AEW Wrestling. No, I'm with you. I feel like it's almost ironic. You know, you got all these people that come out of the woodworks to, you know, throw shade at Cody and Tony Khan for, oh, how could you book this match, you know? And then it's like... All you're doing is just building hype for the match and bringing more eyes to the product. Like, I'm not going to complain because, to me, it's just going to make it cooler, that much cooler when people see this awesome match that's about to happen. And, you know, we all, it brings Sonny Kiss more exposure. And hopefully more people are like, damn, this dude can go. And, you know, in the long run, it's going to be nothing but good for uh, AEW and wrestling in general. Um, I just don't understand how they don't see that. Like, you think, I mean, you're not going to, like, change their mind. I mean, Cody literally tweeted out, like, 
if you think an openly gay man receiving a title shot is, you know, wrong in any way, then you can lick my asshole, I think is what he said, or something like that. Um, I mean, it was pretty funny. I mean, it's, and it's true. I mean, like, come on, guys. Don't, don't be on the wrong side of this whole thing. Like, there is an absolutely a definitively right side and a definitively wrong side. And the, the, the side that you want to be on is the side where we get more awesome wrestling and everyone gets awesome title opportunities. So that's definitely the side you want to be on. Yeah, I agree 100%. But I wanted to say, Joey Janela, Sonny Kiss, I love them so much. In a crowded tag division, it's not going to work, but I love them so much. They at least are, like, entertaining. I think they need to stay, like, they need to build up some kind of story where Sonny Kiss and Joey Janela, like, remain, like, great friends, like, through, like, you know, the years. And, like, every now and then they'll do, like, special, you know, like, one-off appearances as a tag team where they wrestle and they have, like, you know, really cool matches with people and all that kind of stuff. I think that'd be really cool. Mm Mm-hmm. It was good for Sonny Kiss because he wasn't getting featured on much of TV and... It really helped. It really helped him. It really helped him. And now we got this fucking TNT title match. It's gonna just bring more and more. He needs a good feud. Give him a good feud after this. Lance Archer would be really fun. Or um, yeah, Lance Archer would be real fun with Sunny Kiss. I, I really like to see that. Oh, yeah, dude, Sunny Kiss with the sni- with the Jake the Snake with the Snake. Oh, I'm actually I'm all into it. I'm all into it. I sold myself. Let's go. All right, what's next? Mox Cage. F- the FTW belt online versus the AEW title belt. There's a lot of letters in that belt there, Mike. FTW, AEW. Um, FTW, FTR, AEW. I got a lot of takes on this MSR. match. I got a lot of takes. Should I start how with many? the negative one or the positive one? How many? Well, how many? It depends. How many takes do you have? Two. Okay, well, let's, I mean, let's start with the bad one so we can work off the good one then. I think this is just a... I kind of think this is a shot at NXT for doing the NXT, um, NXT title with the North American title. So they wanted to put their champion with two titles. No, I absolutely think that's what this is. Yeah, and I think that that was my negative take. I'm like, uh, I don't like it for that reason. I do like the title. I like it coming out. I guess my other take kind of negative too. I'm tired of John Moxley. bamboozled me. I didn't think it was a negative one. I thought it was more of a pro Brian Cage. It's not... I'm tired of fucking John Moxley. I haven't liked any of his work in the last two, three years. And I'm real fed up with it. I just don't think he's that exciting. I hate how pumped everyone gets for him. And I really feel bad saying it because I know how talented he is. But he, he's been the same character he's been since he was in the Shield. Since 2012, 20 to 2014 when he went on that run with the WWE title. And I'm tired of it. I just don't care. His promos are weak. His matches are weak. I'm tired of it. Take Someone take the title off him. Brian Cage, I hope he beats the living hell out of him. I'm done with John Moxley. He needs to rebuild. Re- he needs to um, do the Seth Rollins thing. Redesign, reclaim, reconquer, whatever he said. So, God. I know, I gave you a big I, one there. He's had, like, decent matches. I'm not going to sit here and say his whole title reign has been nothing but bad matches. That's fair. And that's fair. He's just had a lot of bad matches in all of his had, title He's had, like, ones. a lot of matches that, like, built up my expectations and then ended up being, like, very mediocre. Mm-hmm. And, I'm, I mean, I'm not, like, totally against what you're saying, but I'm also, like, not going to sit here and, like, fully support it. It's not... He's had good <laughs> matches in the past, like, two years. Like, 
his match against Joey Janela, where Janela basically called him out for being soft, was amazing. Not soft. He's not soft. No, he's not soft. You like, you're like, you've gone soft, Mox, and then they proceeded to literally make each other bleed over the ring for like 35 minutes. That was brutal. I've never seen more barbed wire nailed to plywood ever. I have a take. You're not gonna like this one. He's a better wrestling Mick Foley with a shittier promo. You said Moxley's a shittier Mick Foley. He's a shittier rest. He's a better wrestling Mick Foley. Mick Foley with a worse promo. I think he's a. I think, he's, I think Mick Foley's just like. I mean, obviously Mick Foley was just so fucking over. Like, it's just in, that, in a way that no one, in a way that no one like this day and age could be. Just because he was like the one like decently good human being on a roster full of just like characters that were insane in like the Attitude Era. And everyone was like, oh, this this refreshing glass of whole milk wrestling The Undertaker tonight is going to be fantastic. <laughs> and then The Undertaker throws the glass of whole milk right off the top of the cell and breaks him smack dab in half by good God almighty. I anyway. think I think my take only stems from they both did the DDT as their finisher, and they're both hardcore. I think the similarities end there, to be honest with you. They're both hardcore. I mean, that's a lot of similarities. They have similar styles. They're similar. I think he actually drew a lot on um, uh, what's the hardcore guy's name? His heart, Cactus Jack. I think he drew a lot on Cactus Jack. Actually, I'd be very surprised if he said he didn't draw on Cactus Jack. I mean, we'll have to ask him when he comes on the pod. He's not going to come on the pod after what I just said about him. Oh, that's true, Mike. You might have fucked up our chances to get Mox on the pod. I like John Moxley. I don't like his title run right now. Really hate his title run. This title run leaves a lot to be desired. I, I admit that. I'm ready for the Brian Cage run. I'm ready for the Brian Cage run. I feel like Brian Cage with the title would do amazing things, and I kind of hope that they uh, that he wins. Actually, I, I, I'm not, I don't kind of hope. I definitely hope that Cage wins. He had so much momentum coming out of um, Double or Nothing. It kind of, The momentum's kind of dipped down since then because they just haven't done anything with him on TV is the problem. And that's also because Moxley hasn't been on TV. That's also one of my problems with Moxley. He's just not putting people over right now. Yeah. I mean, yeah, Brian Cage coming out of Double or Nothing was insane. Like, that man was literally, like, he had so much momentum behind him. He looked like such a badass. Like, I mean, yeah, it has, I would agree with you, it has kind of stalled a little bit. It definitely doesn't feel the same. And I, I would contribute that, or attribute that to, um, you know, number one, this, I, some of it's not their fault. Mm-hmm. Mox, you know, having his situation is unavoidable. Or not not unavoidable, but unforeseeable, I guess. Um, and you gotta wonder if this happened, you know, two weeks ago, would it have been better? I w- I'm gonna say yes, to be honest with you. So I think it's actually it's good for Brian Cage. I think it's good for Brian Cage. It's gonna give him more spotlight. If they don't put the title yeah. on Brian Cage, then no, I don't think so. Are you, do you think that you said you don't think they're gonna put it on him? If they don't put the title on Brian Cage, I think then. Them putting the title match off for a week was kind of a waste, but the title going a week, the match going a week further because of the thing. I think Brian Cage getting it it creates a bigger deal and more like people will see it because we had. I, I, agree with, I agree with that take. I think that's a, that's a good take because I think more people are going to be watching AEW this week. I feel like that's fair. I mean, it, my biggest problem with so I can't believe I'm about to complain about any of this is that it gets really hard when NXT and AEW schedule their matches at literally the exact same fucking time mm-hmm. 
you gotta and pick one to watch. Having to look at like four phones, like four fucking screens, trying to keep up with what the hell's going on. That's really annoying to me. The best way I to well, watch both of them, and I don't really have the time to go back and rewatch the stuff. So it's yeah. kind of annoying to me. But yeah. it's price to pay for fantastic wrestling on Wednesday nights. Yeah, it sucks having to flip back and forth, seeing what's going on, and or just like doing that. But yeah, that's what it is. Anyway. We got another great wrestling show Wednesday. Do we do we cover everything, or do we want to talk EO and Tegan? I mean, we can talk for a little bit. I don't have like actually as much to thought to say about it as I thought I did. I kind of think that uh, EO Shirai outmatches Tegan Knox by more than I originally thought, um, just in terms of like quality of worker. Um, so I'm not. My biggest concern with this is that EO Shirai is actually going to like look that much better than Tegan Knox. Um, I kind of think that EO's gonna, you know, I kind of think that EO's gonna try her best to, like, you know, put Tegan over as best as she could. I'm just worried that in the end it's gonna be like, oh, wow, like, that match was really good, but, like, Tegan Knox didn't really do anything, and the reason it was really good was because EO was flying around the ring the whole time, like, doing everything for her and that kind of thing. I disagree because I think Tegan Knox is a great wrestler and a great worker. I'm not saying she's not. I think she's really good, too. I'm just worried that EO is going to wrestle circles around her because she's just that much better. That's my issue. EO is phenomenal. And I think the match is going to be really, really good. I think this is going to be one of the better matches of the night. After FTR and Lucha Bros, this is going to be the best match of the night. I hope you're right, honestly. I really do. I don't even know what the other matches are. So maybe maybe Sonny Kiss and Cody. But, um... Um, yeah, I don't know. I just don't like how much this match feels rushed. We didn't have a real build. The only build we had was a random promo last week. Yeah, which, I mean, it was a good video package, though. Don't get me wrong. Mm-hmm. It was a really good video package, but the problem with this TV war, I think, is NXT is putting on lesser quality championship matches that is taking away from what could be very big championship matches. Like, I think this Tegan Knox Io Shirai feud could have been huge. But I, I actually I'm gonna t- I'm gonna tend to agree with you. I think instead of like upping the quality of their product, they're just trying to throw in like oh championship match here, championship match here, championship match, and mm-hmm. they're not giving them their time to like breathe and let them come into their own. And I think that's kind of been a a, a fault, a, a, a very like underlying and few and far between fault that NXT has had lately. We've definitely got like quality matches out of it, but we haven't got quality storylines out of it. And it also doesn't help with the the coronavirus has really not helped NXT because they don't know when they're doing their takeovers. They don't know where they're going. They they're not going to Boston for SummerSlam with a takeover, and I think that also is a plays a big big deal. And they're playing more week to week, and they have no idea what's going on. Yeah, that's fair. But yeah, without the promise of takeovers to put you know big matches on, I think it does kind of mess with their flow a little bit. Mm-hmm. It definitely does. We'll see. We'll see where it goes. They could definitely do a takeover, though. It's just like, because they can definitely just record one. I don't know. I don't know what they're doing. I This is more probably counter-programming. Anyway, I don't have anything else to say. Mike, I'm game. All right. Well, that was the show. Um, This is a private party from a location you have to be invited to. Top guys out. Top guys out.